Chapter 7 Ben's first sensation was scent. Spice, warm, rich, he felt himself floating through it. Sound was next, but it came in slowly, and the tone was wrong at first, like it was coming through a tube that oscillated between short and long. It's silly. Shouldn't do, nurse. Any menu. Been over two mon. Want worth a try. The spice scent grew stronger, and his sense of touch made a startling return. Warm softness pressed against his lips. Instinct took over, and he kissed back, weakly. He heard a squeal, and the softness pulled away. It worked. True. Swear he moved. Shit, nurses. Let me. A new scent, melon, fresh citrus, and the feeling of soft hair brushing over his face, then lips on his. So soft, he gently sucked the fuller lower one between his. He felt the purr, and the pressure increased. What the hell are you doing? boomed a shrill voice. His eyes opened a crack to see his face was within a cone of straight blonde hair. Lips pulled back, and a smile spread across them. Welcome back, sleepy head, they said. His eyes slipped up to smiling blue eyes. Another face moved in close, and his eyes tracked the movement. Raven hair pulled back in a ponytail. Full lips, also smiling, and beautiful green eyes, full of joy and a few tears. Welcome back, Ben. The two of you will leave right this minute, or I will call security, the shrill voice returned. Shut the hell up and go get his doctor, Ben is awake, the blonde said. Catherine, her name was Catherine, or Cat. He looked over to the smiling and crying. Gabriella. He tried to say her name, but his throat cracked, and he coughed. She immediately held a cup of water near his chin, and put a straw between his lips. He slowly sipped the water, and felt it work its magic on his throat. Gabriella. Catherine. What happened? His eyes rolled with fatigue. Shh. Rest, Ben. You're all better now. Gabriella said. He looked closer and saw she was wearing his black knit sweater. His eyes rolled over to Catherine, and she was wearing his white knit sweater, blonde in white and raven in black. He chuckled, then coughed. What? Cat asked. You two look great in my sweaters. Will I? Get them back, he smiled as his eyes panned between them. Both women possessively crossed their arms over their chests and blushed. With a grin and a glance at each other, they both shook their heads. He just smiled once more. The doctor arrived and managed to shoo the two women out of the room. On their way out, they told him they'd return. His last glance before the door, closed, saw the two women hugging each other. The next day, they arrived the moment visiting hours began. Between them, they had Tina, who at five looked like a child comparatively. She looked so nervous, and tears were in her eyes. Hi, Mrs. Lee. Why the tears? Ben said quietly. Mr. Shepherd, I am so sorry for everything you have suffered at my expense, she gushed, tears dripping down her cheeks. Ben motioned her closer, so she moved right up against the bed. He reached up, and brushed away her tears, then dropped his arm to the bed. Please don't cry. I never could deal with a pretty woman's tears. He looked past Tina to Gabriella and Catherine, whose eyes were looking a little glassy as well. 
That goes for you two as well, he said gruffly, and got smiles in return. How is Christopher? he asked. Tina's face burst into a broad smile. God, it was a dazzling transformation on the young woman. He is very well, thanks to you. I'm glad I can finally thank you for saving us, she reached out and held his left hand. It's just what a good neighbor does, he said, shaking his head. No, you are wrong. No, don't call me a hero. I don't deserve that, Ben said crossly. I may not say it again, but I will always feel it in my heart for you, Mr. Shepherd, she gushed, then leaned over and kissed him, square on the lips. Then froze as her pink tongue dipped playfully into his mouth. She pulled back and rushed from the room with the two ladies watching her retreat with dismay. Ben touched his mouth and looked at the two friends with suspicion. There seems to be a lot of that going around in this hospital room. They had the good grace to look a little embarrassed at first, then both wore a naughty smile. The doctor told me I've been in a coma for a little over two months. Something about internal bleeding and dying four times, he said. Their faces went white. Four times. I thought it was only once in the ambulance, Catherine gasped. They took up positions on either side of the bed as they had the previous day. Each took a hand. We're really glad you came back to us, Ben, Gabriella said. How's Miriam and Daniel, Junior, he asked. We've agreed he's just called Daniel now. Miriam is desperate to visit. I told her that if you were feeling up to it and wouldn't mind, she could come tomorrow, she said. I'd like that, he turned to Catherine. And your girls? Sophie and Rachel are furious with you, she said. What? Why? he asked, surprised. Megan has been lording over her jealous sisters the fact that she got to see all of you, she said with a wicked grin. He groaned. Cat, Gabriella squeaked. Oh, please, you and Rochelle described in excruciating yet exquisitely beautiful detail your vision of male perfection. All I have is that brief but wonderful moment of contact to recall, she pouted. Please, you're embarrassing Ben, Gabriella growled. Catherine looked at the blushing man. I'm sorry, Ben. We're just so grateful you pulled through. I guess we're a bit giddy. So giddy you're back to molest patients in my hospital again? said a sharp voice from the doorway. Ben looked over to see Hannah Cooper standing there. The hospital administrator was dressed in a sharp steel grey business suit that looked crisp and professional on her five-six body. She was sturdily built, but she carried herself with a lovely grace. Her sandy blonde hair was pulled back in a tight bun exposing the pearl earrings and a single strand of pearls around her neck. Dressed for success, he thought. I understand it was your immediate diagnosis and call to 911 that saved my life. Thank you, he said with a sincere smile. It was Hannah's turn to blush, just my training kicking in. All the same, I'm glad you were there, he responded, and she nodded. She walked over to the side of the bed, between Catherine and Ben, causing the other woman to move back and release his hand. Ben caught the tension between the two women. He closed his eyes, recalling the blowout in the kitchen before he collapsed.
He recalled pleading for them to accept each other, rely on each other. He opened his eyes and looked into Hannah's. He saw her pain there. The betrayal still haunted her. I'm sorry to have been the one to say those awful things, he said as he tentatively took her hand in his. It was the truth, and we shouldn't run from truth, she said firmly. Then looked away from the pain in her eyes. His own pain at Wendy's leaving was never far from his heart. You have to take care that you don't accept them as truths about yourself. Those truths aren't about us. And there are more important truths you need to take to heart instead, like you are a good person. You are a loving person. You are a loving person. You deserve to be loved, he said, recounting a mantra he told himself during the dark times when his depression got to be too much. While he hadn't managed to get past his own fear of betrayal, he was certainly an expert in recognizing it. Gabriella was as perceptive as she was beautiful. She caught his slip when he said, Us, those sound like words you know well, Ben she said gently. He glanced at her, and a sad look flitted over his face. She squeezed his right hand, and he felt Hannah squeezing his left. He schooled his expression and looked back at Hannah. It seems some of the other things I said that day didn't sink in. He looked at Catherine and saw her looking sadly at Hannah. So Hannah's pain was still blocking their communication. She dropped her eyes to his hand, holding hers. It's hard, I still have so much rage, yet I still love him, or who he was before the truth came out. I don't want to lose that. It's part of who I am. Ben's heart was breaking all over again. He was seeing betrayal from the other side, perhaps how people saw him. Tears welled up in his eyes, and his voice went rough with emotion. You, you aren't defined by your relationship to the man you thought you knew. Who you really are is this wonderful person right now right here in front of us, a person who is capable of love and forgiveness. He sighed and rubbed the back of her hand with his thumb, absent-mindedly, as he recalled what it felt like to be in love. She gasped slightly at the wonderful feelings his thumb was giving her. It had been a very long time since she'd experienced an intimate touch. It felt so good, she felt a wave of affection for Ben sweep through her, she dipped down to kiss his forehead in thanks. Out of the corner of his eye, he caught the motion and tilted his head back to see what she was doing. At the last moment, she unexpectedly diverted her course and their lips met. Hannah felt a shock shoot through her body, waking up long unused nerves as Ben's lips pressed against hers. His eyes flew wide open and she pulled back in surprise. His look echoed hers. She released his hand and walked out of the room and didn't stop walking until she locked her office door behind her. She walked slowly to her desk and sat in her chair. Hannah touched her lips and felt an aftershock ripple through her. Back in Ben's room, Catherine had reclaimed his left hand. Jealousy was sweeping through her body, though she struggled to suppress it. She looked over at Gabriella and saw her feelings plainly mirrored on her friend's face. She looked down and saw Ben was luckily oblivious to their frowns. What the hell is it about this hospital, he muttered. The following day, true to her word, Gabriella brought in Miriam, who leapt up onto Ben's chest to give him a huge hug. Gabriella squawked at her to be careful, but Ben just chuckled 
and gave the girl a big hug back. She kissed his cheek and slipped off the bed to stand with her mother, beaming at him. Mr. Shepherd, you have to promise me that you will be diligent in your physiotherapy so you can get better and come some soon, she said to Ben. His eyebrows went up. Of course, Miriam. But only if you call me Ben, he smiled. Her smile went up another 1,000 watts. Gabriella smiled indulgently at her daughter. She looked at Ben. Daniel would like to speak with you, man to man, so he is waiting his turn in the hall, she explained. Ah, okay, he said, puzzled. He recalled the serious expression the young boy had at the funeral home. Gabriella patted his hand, and Miriam did the same. He snagged her fingertips as she left, and she pulled them free with a grin and followed her mother outside. Ben watched the twelve-year-old step into the room and look at him. The boy tugged the door closed, and Ben's eyebrows rose. Daniel walked over to stand beside Ben's bed and gave him an evaluating look. His face was so serious it was all Ben could do to keep from smiling. He suppressed it as the young man wanted a man to man after all. Daniel, Ben said. Mr. Shepherd, the boy replied, barely hiding his pleasure at being addressed with his new, more mature name. Please, call me Ben. Thank you, Ben. Again, that flicker of pride before the serious face returned. What's on your mind, Daniel? What are your intentions towards my mother? Ben froze. The young man waited patiently. Ah, uh, what do you mean? I think the question was fairly clear, the boy said calmly. Ben thought furiously. Did he do something, anything, at any time that might have led Daniel to believe he was in a relationship with Gabriella? He came up blank. The question is clear, but I'm at a loss to understand its context. He'd finally caught the boy off guard. The confusion showed momentarily, then cleared. Please explain. Why do you believe I have a relationship with your mother, outside of just being her friend and neighbor? Your father passed just a few nights. Sorry, less than three months ago, and I've been here sleeping, for the last two and a bit. The confused look returned. He seemed to be struggling with something. Speak to me, Daniel, Ben said gently. Mom is acting like she has a boyfriend. My sister acts the same way about Johnny Newland. Johnny this and Johnny that. It's gross. The two of them constantly smiling dreamily, wearing their boyfriend's clothes day after day, because it's from him. And last night I heard her singing. Miriam told. Me, Mom hasn't sung in the house since I was a baby, the boy explained. Well, maybe your mother met someone. I wouldn't know what she's been doing in the past couple of months. I've been stuck here. I'm glad she's met someone, though. Everyone deserves to be happy, right? he asked. Daniel nodded thoughtfully. What could have led you to believe it was me? Ben asked, amused. It's your sweater. Mom's wearing and she's visited every day you've been here. Ben's expression froze again. So, I ask you again, what are your intentions towards my moth? Daniel Wallace, Gabriella screeched from the opening door. She looked mortified having picked up the conversation at her daily visits. Her face was deep red. Daniel sighed, then pointed to his eyes and bends to say he'd be watching. Gabriella pushed her, 
so grounded son out the door, looking back with an embarrassed expression. Then leaned back in his bed and wondered when he could start his physio so he could leave this madhouse. Physio wasn't as painful this time, and it only took him a seven weeks before they were willing to release him from the hospital. While it took her some time to get over her initial faux pas, Hannah eventually visited him again, and they had a good talk. She was hurting from the betrayal, and he had direct experience with that, so he was a sympathetic ear. She returned a few nights a week, after visiting hours to have been all to herself, and her talks with him seemed to help her tremendously, and Ben felt it begin to ease the pain he'd carried for too long as well. Then, it was release day. Hannah was first to arrive and looked sad. What's wrong? Changing your mind about releasing me? He asked. I'm going to miss our nightly talks. You've been such a good listener, Hannah said quietly. Silly woman, we live five doors apart. There's no need for you to suddenly become a stranger. We can continue our talks. You know I enjoy them too, Ben smiled. Yes, but here I have you all to myself. My hospital, my rules. You're a captive audience. When you're home, Tweedledee and Tweedledee and Tweedledee and Tweedledum are going to be all over you, she groused. Hannah, what did I say about holding this grudge against Gabriella and Catherine? They aren't to blame for the actions of their husbands, and neither are you for yours. Please, this negativity is hurtful, and it hurts you as well. She nodded and looked down with a guilty look on her face. See? This is why I need you to stay here. My therapy isn't over yet. I'm bound to get less time when access to you isn't so restricted. Don't forget there's also Tina, who thinks the sun rises with you. Ben grimaced, uncomfortable with her hero worship. Hannah smiled. She's not wrong, you know. You are a hero, at least in our eyes. Please don't, he started with a frown, and she held up her hands in surrender. She'd picked up in their talks how low of an opinion he had of himself. He found it hard to hear compliments like that. She had a hard time understanding how he'd gotten that way, as they hadn't spoken of their childhoods yet. Will you set aside time for us to talk? She asked with a hopeful look. Of course. Ben smiled. His nurse arrived with his discharge papers, and Hannah went through them with him. Gabriella showed up at the door. She'd won coin toss to be his lift home. Ben looked meaningfully at Hannah, who looked down again and nodded. I'm sorry for lashing out at you and Catherine. I know you aren't to blame for anything that happened. I'm trying to get over these feelings, and I ask for your forgiveness and patience. Hannah made it all the way through her apology without crying. She looked up into Gabriella's eyes and saw the woman was on the verge of tears. That's all it took. Hannah pulled her into a hug, and the two shared tears until Hannah saw her staff looking in curiously at her. She got control over herself and put her administrator's face on. She nodded to Gabriella and Ben before she left. Gabriella was wiping her eyes and looked at Ben, like he'd worked a miracle, he scowled at the praise in her eyes. Hannah is a good person dealing with a bad situation. Everyone deals with hurt in their own ways. She's working it out and she'll make it, Ben said gruffly. An orderly arrived with a wheelchair. I need a moment to get dressed. If I could get a little privacy, Ben asked. He put on the clothes Gabriella brought him. 
He was glad she had taken care of his place while he was in the hospital. She was such a good neighbour. He sat in the chair and let them know he was ready. He was going home.